spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Monday. Hey, happy Monday. A shocking New York Times story about us in Phoenix and what's happening in downtown. They call it the zone. Yeah. It is the homeless encampment. Uh, And the New York Times has done this massive story saying that most of the people are suffering from mental illness and substance abuse. There's gunshots every day. There's somebody swinging a pipe at people. One person called it an outdoor mental asylum. Uh, The homeless population in Phoenix, the number of people living on the street is more than tripled since 2016. Uh, businesses are going out of business because nobody wants yeah. to go down there. So there's so many. This was a long read, too. This was a long read. They did a big story. There's so much in it. But, you know, we were just listening to Becky Lynn, you know, while she was doing the news. We all had like one major takeaway from the New York Times story. So why don't we just go around the room? What was the biggest takeaway that you had? Uh, Chad, you go first. The amounts of incidents that take place there that are violent, rape, Deaths, uh, sexual assaults on a daily basis, on average, eight incidents a day. That is insane. Over 1,100 last year alone. And that is just, you cannot run anything. Think about in, in your neighborhood at eight incidents a day where you were calling the police. How, how do you function? And if you're the fire department or you're, you're the EMTs, right? And you go down there, you have to have. A police escort because so many firefighters have been harassed or assaulted at the encampment. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. My the one that I was shocked with is there is a woman who lives at this encampment. It lives on the street. She thinks she's a surgeon. It's terribly sad. Uh, she, there was a guy that walked over to her tent and said, "Listen, I I need some things and." He lifted his shirt, and he had a stab wound. She starts treating the stab wound. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how we've gotten to this, to, to this situation. She's taking out scissors. She's scrubbing the... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So that was the one that shocked me the most. It's like she had a line, and yeah. people had injuries, and she's treating them like she's a doctor. And I don't think she knows what she's doing. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Becky Lynn, do you have one? Well, you've heard me say in the past about the horrific experience I had in San Francisco years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. And just encountering it all. And in Seattle, too. Just, you know, eyes open. And, of course, things are getting worse there. And now for this article to be comparing parts of downtown Phoenix to these areas. I didn't realize it was to somewhat, you know, you kind of get jaded. Maybe you just see things and you don't think about it. Somebody else comes in. They're seeing it the way I saw it in San Francisco and Seattle yeah. here. The New so. York Times, a uh, massive article, downtown Phoenix, the encampment. We're all just kind of, what was our big takeaway? Wise man, Steve Zinsmeister, what was your big takeaway? I think my big takeaway was a meeting that the sandwich shop owner had with a real estate agent because his wife is so fed up with all of the nonsense that she's ready to leave. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do this without her. So they have to consider selling the business, which is a strong, loved business downtown. 40 years. And people love that sandwich shop. So they get these offers, up to 25 offers to buy their restaurant. And every time that the encampment comes up or the the buyer comes downtown and sees it, 
all those offers dry up, they've been told they can sell for $165,000. And if they were two blocks down the road, they could sell for a million. Joe Falacci is the one who owns the Old Station Sub Shop. He's going to join us tomorrow at 405. And tell us what's going on. Pablo, what's the one thing out of the You know, all these things are sad, guys. I mean, every one of them. But one thing that caught me was the uh, report of an aborted fetus that was found on the street and possibly set on fire. Burned. Uh, Yeah. 20 to 24-week-old fetus was burned next to a dumpster. Good God. That's sad. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. That is not a person who missed a few paychecks. No. That is not a person who is, that is a person who has a mental illness and or a drug problem. Yeah. And you're not fixing that with, uh, oh, if we just got you into a shelter. Those people have serious issues. And, and you know what? Maybe the most shocking thing is how do you stay somewhere in a business or even try to operate a business down there? It's only getting worse. Yeah. And it's only getting worse with no help in sight by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, we're going to tell you at 530, we're going to uh, kind of bring you to downtown Phoenix. We spoke to someone earlier that was down there for hours today. That's at 530. All right. Um, former President Donald Trump, could he get arrested tomorrow? Yes or no, Chad Benson? Uh, I, there's a possibility. And the arrest is, this isn't going to be a perp walk. This is, he would turn himself in and fingerprint him. They would take his mugshot. And then, then he would have to, if he doesn't fly to Manhattan and surrender himself, he'd have to be extradited to Manhattan. Uh, that's in New York for those you're not paying attention. <laughs> uh, the reality is, is, yeah, it's absolutely a possibility. They are trying to get him, uh, on a, you know, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, kind of trumped up charges that are, it's not January 6th. It's not, by the way, the feds d- declined this. They said, no, there's nothing here. The, the, they, it, the taxes, remember they were getting on the, that, that, that died a horrible death. It's almost like they're trying to embarrass him because the situation is gross. And that's kind of how I, I say it. He was married. He cheated on his wife with a porn star. He gave her money to hush money to not say anything. And then he ran for president. Okay, I think it makes him gross. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you would go to jail for that. It no. just makes you a bad husband, obviously, and it makes you gross. So I again, do I want to see him uh, arrested? I don't think the country needs that. I don't think this is a no. I don't. I don't think we need to to go to go through this. If you want to talk about arresting him, well, maybe what he did in Georgia. Maybe when he tried to steal the election, they're having a big case there. I don't know if that's but arrestable. How many of but these have we heard that have gone absolutely nowhere? We are. Well, he four did try years. and steal the election yeah, in Georgia. Four years, but you've got to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, and you're probably how not going to be able to. Audio that says, "Find me, uh, find, find me, me eleven thousand votes." Votes right. doesn't mean go steal eleven thousand votes. I go think that's exactly what you're going to have to. It's going to be circumstantial evidence that's going to be thrown out there, and trying to get twelve people anywhere to uh, on this ridiculous well, this charge is, is absolutely, and it's all political. Yeah, as is all politics nowadays. And now what you're going to find is it's going to be tit for tat, and all of a sudden we're going to look over, and here comes all of the stuff when it comes to Biden that people are going to go. Well, there's fair this questions is not to ask about here. Joe Biden. No, but though. here's the thing: the more you, if I'm Biden, Biden, am I saying to myself, man, they're going to go after my family? And you know what? Quite frankly, they have every right to go after my family well, based on whatever they say. Too. But well, this isn't but about But do we Biden. really need that on every single thing we do with politicians Put now? Put it this way. I'd rather them not go after Biden's family. I'd rather them not go after Trump on this porn star. Uh, I would like those two to go away. Well, I think we all would. Both of them. Both of them. Absolutely. I mean, you know, but 
that isn't happening anytime soon. And if it, the old saying is, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit the king, you better kill the king. Yeah. If you don't, I feel he's going to have a lot more power and strength than people realize. And remember, we all laughed at him in 2016. Oh, he could never win presidency. Never say never again. And I told everybody he was going to win the presidency. I, so I said too. And I was After like, oh. the first debate. I came on the air. <laughs> he just smoked everything. And I said, he's going to win the whole thing. And he did. He doesn't want to, but he's going to. That's probably true. All right, up next. Uh, our next guest was in downtown Phoenix, was at the encampment, was at different businesses. It's a mess in downtown Phoenix. What was it like today at the encampment? Our next guest will tell us. Stick around. It's the Gators and Jad Show. All right, downtown Phoenix at the homeless encampment. We have found out through the New York Times how desperate the situation is down there. Businesses are hurting. Um, We've got people that are banging their heads on fences, and there are shootings and sexual assaults. Fecal matter everywhere. People can't get to their business without some sort of escort or carrying, you know, like mace. It is... It is a dystopian nightmare that we are allowing to continue to go on here with nary a word, it seems to be, from the mayor or the governor. Uh, and we're becoming, as Becky said earlier, we're becoming uh, the likes of Seattle and Portland and San Francisco. Not something you want to be. No. Uh, so earlier today, we were joined by Allie Bradley, network correspondent for News Nation. She joins us. She's on the border a lot. She does a lot of great work. She really, she takes herself into the situation. Uh, Today, she wasn't on the border. Maybe she was in a worse place. And it was downtown Phoenix. Here's what she had to tell us on KTAR. Being down there today, what I experienced was a feeling of being unsafe, for sure. I will say driving through that area, you didn't know if someone was going to come up and bang on your windows, get out in front of your car, stop your car, what that might look like. Every single city block down there near the railroad tracks is an encampment. Every single one out there off Jefferson has tents as far as the eye can see. And yes, people are muttering to themselves, are yelling profanities as they're crossing the street, stopping traffic as they're crossing the street. Streets, things like that. But they're also, you know, while I was walking around looking at, at people, they were normal human beings that had fallen on some hard times. That's what everybody is dealing with right now. And as, as to the extent of that hard time, we don't know. Right. And to the extent of why they're still there, we don't know. But what we do know is inaction is not the solution. And that's what we're seeing across the country is a lot of inaction. Now, I did reach out to the city and ask the city what they're doing. They say that they've spent $50 million on the homelessness issue, which also includes some mental health responses. They've, they've opened up around 600 beds last year. They're looking at around 800 beds this year and next year that they will be opening up. But what's really interesting, you guys, is I was talking to one group of people, and they were some of them were from West Africa. One man was from uh, Miami. One woman, she was living there as well. Her name was Esther. And she told me that she had a place to live in the shelters. I asked her, I said, well, usually you can go into a shelter if you are clean and sober are you sober and she said yes and i said do you do any street drugs and she said no what does that mean i said adderall xanax
suspects. Do you do anything further like heroin, cocaine, you know, anything like that? And she said, no. And she said, I do stay in a shelter at night, but during the day, where am I supposed to go? So I come out here because these are my people and this is what I do. So during the day, there's no solution, whether there's a bed available for them or not, they're going to be wandering the streets. And that's what we're seeing in these small businesses are being directly impacted like Joe and Debbie, who own the old station sandwich shop, which as you guys probably are familiar with, has been a staple in the community for nearly 40 years. Sure. Joe has run that place for 37 years. Well, now he's saying, I don't know if I'm supposed to stay here, if I'm supposed to close up shop, or if I'm just supposed to adapt to what's happening, because we've asked the city several times for help and they won't respond. I did reach out to the city specifically about Joe and Debbie, did not hear back. They just want some kind of help. They're saying the city is no longer cleaning in the areas nearby, which they aren't. They're supposed to be doing city sweeps where they move the encampments and they give these people two weeks notice and then they clean up the entire area. But Joe says they're not doing that anymore. He said they used to do that. So the city's still kind of touting these programs that we're not really sure are really active and and where that funding is going. So obviously some more research needs to be done on on where that $50 million really is going because it doesn't really seem like it's going very far, you guys, based on what I've seen today. Talking to Allie Brady from News Nation. She was down there today in Phoenix looking at the homeless issue that's down there. Uh, You know, uh, when you looked around there, did you see any police at all? Did you see any kind of presence of of anybody that's there uh, as an authority uh, in and around there? Because when we read, you know, poor Joe's, you know, just talking about it, it's almost a like getting through, you know, a Baghdad of homelessness, feces, drug addicts just to get to his facility. Yeah. And I mean, he's not I, I would love to say that he's exaggerating, but he's not. All day while we were standing there doing live shots, people were walking by us. We did not feel safe just standing there on the street right next to the opening, the entrance of his building. There's trash everywhere. The the homeless people I was speaking with even openly told me they defecate in the streets, that that is where they go to the bathroom because they have to. They say the line is too long to use the bathroom, so they end up going on themselves, or they don't go to the line at all, and they go in the streets, and they go along the buildings. They use the restroom, and Joe says they used to come and spray those areas off. He says they're no longer doing that. So you ask, were there any officials in the area? I did see some people cleaning the street area, like some custodial workers. There were no police in in the area whatsoever. There was a man who looked like a makeshift security guard to a degree. He had a kind of a reflected vest on, but did not have any insignia as far as city worker. And then there was a guy in the encampment with a bulletproof vest on that kind of touted himself as the security guy of the encampment. So no police, but they kind of have their own security going, you guys out there. All right. Hey, Ali, thanks for uh, joining us and thanks for going down there and checking things out and giving us some insight on what's happening. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. You know, uh, here's one thing we haven't discussed. So I got out here in 1996. Fe- downtown Phoenix was not a destination. Remember, I mean, you bear- you had the suns down there yeah. and you were going to get the Diamondbacks. And But a lot of people didn't go down there. Well, now we, of course, have the Suns. We do have the Diamondbacks. But we've got great restaurants and bars that, that you know, over the last 25 years have, have come into downtown Phoenix. It was, there was nothing to do down there 25, 26 years ago other than go to a game. And they've worked so hard to put, you know, downtown Phoenix on the map. There are some really cool places to go in downtown Phoenix. And what you're doing now is you're ruining it. Yeah. At least in one part. 
because nobody wants to be around that. But that spreads out, you know. Go look at San Francisco. Some of the famous places from San Francisco that people grow up seeing and hearing and reading about are absolute just pits of despair. The tenderloin, all of these, they're just, it's vile and disgusting. It doesn't stop. It's only going to pick up speed. And unless you try to nip it in the bud now, I'm telling you, a year from now, we're going to be talking about this much worse than we are now. All right. Coming up next, should you get fined for contacting a coworker on vacation? Next. The Gatos and Chad Show. Afternoons. Right. Uh, Here's how my day started. I got in the car, forgot my keys, because my brain is not working today. So I walk back into the house, get my keys, obviously start the car, come to work. And I'm like, you know what? I need some coffee. My brain's just not working today. So I made some coffee. Okay. I, I poured, you know, the coffee grounds into one of those, like, white things, and you put it in the coffee machine. Called filters. Filters! Yes! See, I told you, not yeah, working today. Not working. So I poured the coffee grounds into the filter, and I pushed the start button, and I walked away. Forgot to put the pot under, under the... In the coffee, uh, I, I made coffee without a pot. Uh, so I walked back five. I walked back five minutes later, and there's coffee there, everywhere. There's coffee everywhere uh, in the sink, uh, not in the sink in the kitchen here at KTAR. That's my day. Oh, you did, that oh, you did here. it here. I you made, made a here. mess here. I, I made did. a huge mess here. <laughs> that has been my day. <sighs> and there were people in the kitchen saying, "Who is the the most dumb person?" Was that you? Yes. To not put the coffee pot. Like was under the coffee that? machine. I feel no, that's it was you everybody else. I can't believe who did this. Are no, you just now confessing to this? No, no I, I felt I felt bad, so I went in and I helped. I helped, you know, clean up. And I said, you if didn't I take, find, you didn't if, take responsibility, if I find out who did this, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell. <laughs> we gotta find this guy. <laughs> this wow. guy's bad. How guy. stupid am I? He made coffee without a pot. <laughs> that's my day. That's how it starts, man. Oh my gosh, uh, Chad. There's a company that will uh, make employees. Pay a hefty fine, if you will. Okay, so is it a company or is this one of those laws like they're trying to pass in Denmark or somewhere where you can't bug somebody? It's a somebody? company. It's a company. Okay. Hefty fine if you bug somebody on vacation. Coworker. A coworker. So this company is going to make employees pay a hefty fine if they bother colleagues on vacation. So here's my question. What if uh, what if you get a big project and you need that person? Are you going to pay a fine to get it done, knowing that if you call this person who's in Hawaii, you're going to get it's like a thousand dollar fine. Okay, there's a lot that goes into this. First, uh, first things first. Yeah, you talked about the big thing. So let's just say this is a million dollar thing. You decide, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do this guy. We're not going to bug this guy or this gal on vacation. They're with their family, whatever it is, our honeymoon, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So you don't bug them. (laughs) It falls through. You lose a million bucks. And then somebody goes, why didn't you call so-and-so? Because there's this. Second thing is, who gets the fine? All right. So if I call Becky Lynn, and she's on vacation, I get fined. Okay, but, but I gets, get I should get the fine. That's what I think. Should you get the money? Yeah, I think I should. Why should the business get the money? I think the business gets the money. Well, no. that's stupid. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. You're bugging me on my vacation, and somehow the <laughs> company benefits from it? <laughs> and you've got now an unhappy employee. Two unhappy employees. Well, two unhappy employees. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I don't know. I, it's going to be implemented at this one place, and they say when you go on vacation, you got to you got to shut it down. You got to switch it off. Enjoy a healthy work life balance. Well, that's, that's more and life balance. So healthy. you don't like the healthy work life life balance. I think that's what you make of it. What do you mean, me? Oh, well, not talk, you. I mean, oh. we know your work-life balance is look what I did. Ten percent work, ninety percent life. <laughs> look what I did. But you know, but it, I can't even handle a coffee machine. It's kind of what you make of it, and I know that you know businesses want to, you know, and employees now is like, I want to work twelve hours. I want to do poetry the rest of the day, <laughs> no, uh, all day and stuff. You know, it make my heart sing. Yeah. Uh, but That's the reality sad. of of I look, you need to be fresh. It's good. You need to have that. It makes you better employees. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know. There comes a point in time, too, where it's ridiculous. What if you say, what if you're that serious about it, you should find the person who says, you can contact me on vacation, 500 bucks, and the person who is contacting 500 bucks? That's true. You don't have to answer your phone. There you go. Yeah. yeah. In 2016, some 745,000 people died as a result of having worked at least 55 hours a week. How do we know that? Who said so? It's it's right here. It's the uh, it's Is, the International Labor Organization estimated. That's doubtless. That's a bunch of crap. What do you mean it's a bunch of crap? Fifty-five hours a week. I see it on Fox News. It's not a bunch of crap. <laughs> 70, right here in front so, of me. So seven hundred fifty thousand people. Seven hundred forty-five. 745. And they can link it directly to the fact that they Died work 15 hours a week As a result much. of yeah. having worked at least 55 know, hours a week. Becky and I are calling the big I think we've said that on this show before, and you guys said the same thing. How you would ever link that together. Listen, almost a million people who worked over 55 hours a week are dead. Numbers, numbers, Dan lies, statisticians, you know what I'm talking about. All right, Becky Lynn's up next. We're fun. Deal with it.